right, well, good morning. Come on, you excited to be in the house of the Lord this morning? You excited to be here? It's always get excited to come to church, right? It's always excited to be here. We want to welcome everybody watching online and our Ashland campus as well. We love you guys. I'm telling you what, June, I told my wife yesterday, I said, summer is finally here, right? It's finally here. We're ready for summer. And she reminds me in 20-some days, the days start getting shorter and Christmas, it's on its way. You know what I'm saying? That's just who I married. So, man, that's, that's awesome for that. June's going to be amazing. We have so many things packed. I know you already heard the announcements, but just a really quick commercial break. At the end of the month, we're taking our middle school and high school students to a camp. I've been preaching at this camp for the last eight years. We've taken our family to this camp. I'll be preaching again the whole week at Michigan at this camp. We have limited seats, parents. If you want your child to go, please make sure you get them registered ASAP because it's going to be a blast. We can't wait for that. We got men's night coming up. Who's, what, what guy in here is excited about men's night? Come on, man. Let's go. It's gonna be so much fun. Ladies, you had your brunch last month, so we're gonna have our men's night coming up. And this series is actually a men's series. We did the ladies' series. If you're just joining with us, we did the ladies' series last month. You can go back and watch it. Today, we're gonna to talk to the men. But before we jump into that, right after church last Sunday, we jumped in the vehicle. We drove 14 hours all the way down to Florida, took our family to Universal, just a quick, fun, fast getaway. And boy, we it was no vacation. It was a funcation, but no vacation, because no one rests when they go something like that. And I just want to sum up our entire trip with this picture right here. This picture sums up our entire trip all the way down. I think we have it. Maybe There it is right there. This is just crazy. I mean, when you check this out, my oldest son, there's no captions needed right here for this. But they put my daughter, who's the queen here in the front, and she's not even screaming, man. She's just like holding on for dear life. They put a poncho on her because uh, she didn't want to get wet. And so anyway, that kind of sums up our trip. And that sums up the men's series right there. This series is going to be that much fun. You better hold on. It's going to be a blast. We're gonna, if it rains, we have ponchos. You know what I'm saying? Like at the men's night, we're going to have a cornhole with ponchos on and still going to have a champion and you get to have the cornhole uh, champion belt. You don't, I'm telling you, you don't want to miss the men's night. It's going to be so, so much Fun. And so today we're going to jump into this men's series we're super excited about, we're talking about, and about rethink, about really rethinking what it means to follow Jesus, what it means to rest in Jesus, what it means to leave a legacy as a man, as a dude. So we're super excited about it. But I came across a verse here, and I think this verse summarizes this entire series. And it's found in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. In 1 Corinthians 16, this verse kind of sums up this series. It says, Be on alert. Or watch, be on watch. Listen to me, stand firm in the faith. You gotta stand firm. When the whole world turns, you've got to stand firm in the faith. And then right here, watch this. Act like men. What does it mean to act like a man? What does it mean to when he says act like men? He didn't say act like boys. Boys sit around and play video games all day. I'm talking about how to be a man. What does it mean to be a man? Like to act like men. What does that look like to do that? To act like men, and but watch this, but in all that you do, it must be done in love. And so there's that balance. We're gonna be strong, act like men, be courageous, but we must do this in love. And I feel like this series, if you could have one verse to summarize this series, that's, that's where we're headed. We're gonna be watchful, we're gonna stand firm in the faith, we're gonna learn that, we're gonna, be act, we're gonna act like men, we're gonna be strong in all that we do, watch this, but we must be done, it must be done in love. Now listen, I, ladies don't back up, I'm telling you, it is tough, 
It's getting tougher even to be a man to, to be a man today. I mean, with all the stress, with all the temptation, with all the pressure that comes, not only just the, the weight to carry, to be the protector, to be the provider, but our culture today is trying to redefine even what a man is. I mean, just talking about gender. I'm talking about just redefining what a man is, trying to push men down. I'm, I'm, I read about this. I've been watching this, keeping up, downplaying the role of a man, just, just pushing it so far. And I'm telling you what, we need men to start acting like men. I'm telling you, that, I'm telling you, that follows Jesus, that loves Jesus. And when I think about this, when I think about this series about rethinking what it means to walk with God, to rest, to leave a legacy, and so forth, there's a guy in the Bible that just comes to my mind that really summarizes, not really, I won't say fully 100% summarizes it, but who I think is like a manly man that we could kick this series off with. And it's found in Genesis chapter six, all the way back in the beginning of the Bible. So if you have your Bibles, go to Genesis chapter six. We're gonna talk about a guy that I know that you heard about. I know, whether if you're first time in the church, you've never been to church, or this is your first time in a long time, I know you know about this guy, and his name is Noah. And I think Noah was a very manly man. When you think about this, when you think about what he accomplished, what he did, he would definitely be considered a manly man. He worked hard, he had a strong work ethic, he had strong perseverance, he would not give up, and he displayed that, and we're about to see in the story. He loved his family, he provided for his family, he was there for his family, he was present with his family, and on top of all of that responsibility, he did something the Bible points out that only very few people points out in the Bible is that he walked closely with God. So I want you to picture this manly man who loved his family, who was there for his family, who worked hard, but he also walked with God. And so in Genesis chapter six, we're gonna jump in here in verse eight. We're gonna read just a few verses. And then at the end here, I, I, through this message, I have five questions that I want every man in here to ask themselves. Five questions. Now, ladies, you can ask these same questions, but five questions. And guys, I would encourage you to write these down, grab your phone, put it in the notes, because these are some things you're gonna have to go on and chew on as we begin to rethink in this series, right? This is the battlefield. This is where it starts. We kicked off this series in the, in the January talk about Mind Gym. Ladies, we talked about broken soundtracks. Men, the same way, it all starts right here. We must rethink what it really looks like to walk with God. What does that look like? And so there's some questions that I want you to ask yourself as we walk through this. So if you're ready to get started, say, let's go. All right, here we go, verse eight. But Noah found favor with the Lord. Let me stop there. Is that not amazing? Only very few people in the Bible says this. But Noah found favor with God, that God's charm, that God's grace was upon him, that he stood out. There was something so unique about that God found favor with the Lord. This is the account of Noah and his family. Noah was a righteous man, the only blameless person living on earth at the time. He walked in close fellowship with God. He ate father three sons, Shem, Ham, and Japheth, and now God saw the earth had become corrupt and was filled with violence. God observed all this corruption in the world for everyone on earth was corrupt. So God said to Noah, I have decided to destroy all living creatures for they have filled the earth with violence and yes, I will wipe them out along with the earth. So here's God's going, I'm gonna press control, alt, delete. Some of you'll get that, you computer geeks, you know what I'm saying? Control, alt, delete, and I'm going to delete this, I'm gonna reset this, I'm gonna restart this, I'm gonna reformat it, and I'm gonna start with you, Noah. So here's what I'm gonna do, and he goes on to give descriptions. We're gonna build a boat, I'm gonna make it rain. He's like, what do you mean make it rain? I've never seen rain. Noah's never seen rain. 
He said, I'm gonna make it rain. I want you to build a boat. What's a boat? I'll give you the instructions. And that's how you know he was also a manly man. He followed the instructions and did it well. Come on, ladies. You know what I'm saying? Like, he followed the instructions. Because that's what happens. You have three pieces left over. You have no idea where they go because you didn't follow the instructions. I'm preaching to somebody right now. I can feel the tension, right? And he did exactly what God asked him to do. And I, and I love this in verse 22. It says this. Noah did everything exactly as God had commanded him, even though he didn't know what a boat was, never built a boat, never saw it rain, and here God gave him instructions to do this. And so with this, out of this text right here, there's five questions I want every man to ask themselves. And the first question is this, am I right with God? Am I right with God? Only you know this. You can fake your spouse out, you can fake your kids out, you can fake your boss out, you can fake your friends out, you can fake your, your, your girlfriend out. Listen to me, guys, are you right with God? God knows your heart when everybody else doesn't. And this is the question you gotta ask, am I right with God? Now, where am I getting this? It says right here in verse nine, Noah was a righteous man. That word righteous means to be, I am right before God. I obey his moral codes. I obey God's command. I do everything that God wants me to do. I'm living according to what God wants for my life. And so I am, am I right with God? This is, this is the word. It's not that you're perfect. You're not gonna be perfect. We know the story. Noah was not perfect. He messed up at the end big time and all this stuff. And so it wasn't perfect. He never said it was sinless. You're never gonna be sinless. But am I right with God? Righteous mean am I right before him? Is there anything between me and God? Is there any idols between me and God? Am I worshiping my job more than I'm worshiping God? Am I worshiping what I make, my accolades, my bank account, the things that I have, my status, what people think about me? Am I, am I worshiping that before God? And do I put idols before him? Listen to me, man. I know the world, they're trying to dumb play down man, and then there's some groups like, this is what it means to be a man. You gotta get to the top, and this is what success looks like and all this stuff. Listen to me. Are you living right with God? Only you know that. Because you could fake everyone out. But you can't fake God out. The Bible wants us to know in the heart of Noah as Moses pins this, is that when God found favor with him, one of the reasons he found favor is because he was living right with God, even when no one else was looking. God was his main focus. And I love what's found, and I just preached on this in 1 John 1, 9, that if we confess our sins to him, he's faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. As I confess my sin and keep my eyes on Jesus. So here's the question I'm asking. Am I right with God this morning? Is your heart right with him? And this is, this is a question that you have to wrestle with. If you wanna be a man that God uses, if you wanna be a man that leads your family, if you wanna be a man that stands on firm on the faith, that acts like men, that's courageous, that's strong, listen to me. You need, watch this, to be right with God. And so I pray this morning that none of you leave this morning because here's the crazy thing, you can be right with God before you leave, you can do it right now. Right now, you can be right with him. Here's the second question. Am I living right before others? So it's one thing to think that I'm right with God, but am I, right, am I living right before others, the people around me? 
When people see me, is it evidence they know that I am right with God by how I live out and display my life around them? And it's not only what I live, but watch this, even the things that I say. Now the Bible says in verse nine, Noah was a righteous man, but look what also it says. It says he was the only blameless person. He didn't say sinless, he said blameless, which means you can't bring any accusation against him. Like he's living in front of all the people with such a high moral integrity, such a man of integrity that you, no, you can't, no, there's nothing we can throw, we can't throw shade at him. There's nothing to throw at him because he was the only blameless person living on earth. He was full of integrity and moral conduct. And everyone saw this. Now, I know some of you think you've got it bad, don't you? Because I was that guy. I never forget the first place I graduated from college. I began to work and had $14,500 of student loan debt making $6 an hour. Let's go. $6 an hour, I thought I was rich, man, $6 an hour, that's amazing. I went to school for four and a half years to make $6 an hour, let's go. And I went to this environment, I worked with a bunch of computer guys and all this computer guys, and the environment was so toxic, so bad of pornography, and all this stuff, that in everything I could watch is to live right in front of them. When they asked me to go look at stuff with them and check things out with them, I would not do it as a 22-year-old kid and living in this toxic, like everyone around me was like all sinful and all this sexual stuff going on. And here I'm sitting here going, trying to, as a new Christian, a young Christian, to walk by faith and say no, and say no, and say no. And you're sitting there saying, hey, Danny, Pastor, you don't know. I, I work in a very toxic environment. Everybody around me, I'm trying to get out of my job. I hate my job because everyone around me is so sinful. Everyone does this and this and this. And, and I'm the only one trying to live for Jesus. Imagine Noah. There's no one else on the planet living for God. And we think we have it bad. We think today's bad. Says so Noah was the only righteous person on the face of the planet. So I want you to just mirror this. It's, I know it's bad, and it's getting worse. Oh my gosh, my wife was just showing me books, kids' books. Oh my goodness, what we're putting in our kids' minds this morning, this, this, this time in our life, even in kids' books. And elementary school, I'm like, what in the world has our world gotten to? It's crazy. But listen, we've been there, done that. It's been crazy before. And God saw it, all the wickedness, and he says, I'm gonna destroy the planet, I'm gonna restart it right here with Noah. And I want you to see this, in the midst of all this corruption, Noah was the only blameless person on the earth, which leads me to this question, am I living right before other people? Or do I go in with the crowd? See, see, it's easy to come in on Sunday, right, and wave your hanky and raise your hand and sing and praise Jesus on Sunday and go live like a hell you on Monday. And you go right back into the work environment, go back into the environment, you go, and people are like, if I went up to the people you work with to say, hey, do you know that person's a Christian? Can they say, oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. In fact, they're one of those kind of weird ones. They pray like lunchtime, like they got their Bible on their desk. Like something's different about that girl. Something's different about that guy. Something's different about them. Well, pastor, you don't know I work in construction. I work around rough people and these guys. Does that mean that you have to act like them? See, if we wanna be a man that God uses, we gotta be right with God, but we gotta live right before other people. 
Because people are watching every move you make. The people at work, listen to me, sir, they're watching how you use the same, do you use the same language they use? Like I'm around a group of people that think it's cool for Christians just to cuss all the time. I think it makes you look stupid. In fact, you come in here saying stuff like that. It's like, man, why would I even hire you? If I'm, if I'm working, if I'm even a secular job and listen, I mean, I'll be on phone calls talking to people like, man, why would I even buy something from you? You can't even control your mouth. It makes you look stupid. But I'm just trying to fit in, man. It's cool. Like, like I'm just trying to fit in around people. Listen, we want to be men that stand up, stand firm, stand out. And it's gonna take a generation of men to do that. What, you're gonna fall in love with Jesus and walk with Jesus. And so I'm gonna live right with God, but I'm gonna live right before you. So if you throw shade, throw if you make fun, it's all right. The peer pressure of the world. And now listen, I mean, goodness gracious, if we say something that's out of context, can't, culture will try to cancel you now. Just by speaking truth. But don't miss what we first verse we read. We must do everything though with love. We don't do it with hate. We do it out of love as we stand firm. So am I living right before others? How they see me act? And here's another big one. Let's just take a step further. If you're married, does your wife see how you're living? If you have children, how, do your children see how you're living? Because at home is a lot of times we let the guard down. But a person of integrity is the same person at home, it's the same person at work, it's the same person at ball games. There's excuses when the referee makes a bad call. Okay, I'll give you, you get some grace there. I'm the same person. That's what integrity means. I'm not different at work than I am here. Same. Noah was a man who was blameless. Noah was a man who lived right with God. In fact, if I am right with God, I'll be living right before others. And so you've gotta ask yourself, am I living right before others? Here's the third question. Am I walking closely with God? Am I walking closely with God? You know what the crazy thing is? You are as close to God as you choose to be. And there's times in my life that I try to get really, really close to God and he feels so distant. And some of you there now, you feel like God's just so far off, God is so distant, I'm doing the right things, I'm trying to stand up at work, I'm trying to read my Bible, I'm trying to do what God wants me to do, but I just feel like God is just so distant. Do you hear the word I said? I feel, I feel, I feel. Your feelings will lie to you. Because God is not far off. Watch this, as a follower of Jesus, he is in me. I'm never alone. God is always with me. Whether I sense him, whether I feel him, whether I think that he's near, he is. And he says, if you will draw near to me, I will draw near to you. But there are times in our life that God, it seems like his presence is absence, which means he is doing something in your life. Every single time there's been this major like, like absence of God's presence, there's always a breakthrough or a victory or mountaintop on the other side of that. So I've learned over my life, you just keep persevering. You just keep praying, worshiping, reading, doing what you know to do, even when you don't sense him and even when you can't feel him. You keep on keeping on. That's perseverance. Actually, that's faith. Faith, believing the results even before you see them. You keep on. How do you walk with God? Let me real quick break this down. One, you gotta know him. If you wanna walk with him, you gotta know him. 
How do you know him? You give your life to him. Give your life to Jesus. Surrender your life to him. It's the greatest thing you could ever do, sir. It's the greatest thing you could ever do is give your life to Jesus. So you need to know him. Do you need to follow him? Follow after him. As he leads you. And I know you like to be the leader. That's what men like. You like to be the leader. Let him lead you. His way is different than the world way. And if we can meditate and stay focused on him, he promised, we read this, he, he would show us what success, success looks like according to his terms, not the world's terms. You talk with him, so you pray. When's the last time you talked with God? And I'm talking about when something bad happens or you get a bad report. I'm talking about when's the last time you just talked, had fellowship with God. Then you get to know him better by reading your Bible, getting in a group, coming on Sundays, worship with the family. Then you listen to him and you meditate on his word day and night. Like, are you walking closely with God? And I'm gonna tell you what, especially as dads in the house, we got Father's Day's coming out, you show me a dad that's walking with Jesus, I'll show you a family that's walking with Jesus. I think the, one of the biggest mission fields right now is going after men, raising them up to follow Jesus, to love like Jesus, and to lead like Jesus. We could change the world. When a group of men would just do this. I'm not here, listen, this series is never here to beat any guys up in here. This series is all about lifting you up and encouraging you. Listen, I'm gonna be your biggest cheerleader. But we need a group of men who step in and lead their families, that will lead themselves. And you are the hardest person to lead, to follow after Jesus and to walk closely with him. And this is what, I know this, if we could get this, I'm telling you, we begin to rethink what it really means to follow Jesus. I'm telling you, we could change our family trees. We could change the world. I think that's one of the biggest mission fields out there. So ask yourself, am I walking closely with God? Here's the fourth one. Am I obeying God fully? Am I completely, fully obeying God whatever he calls me and tells me to do? Am I being obedient to God's word? I want you to think about it. Build an ark and put some animals in it. Go get them two by two. Can you imagine that? Hey, kids, go catch the animals. You know, like, go get them. Sure, go play with like, Go get them, bring them in. Can you imagine? Like, go get And the Bible says in verse 22 that Noah did everything just as God commanded him. And what did God command him to do? To build a boat that he's never seen that's 100 miles away from the nearest ocean. 100 miles away. And he's like, how in the world am I going to build this? Start cutting down some cypress trees. Well, where's the chainsaw? We don't have any. Any heavy equipment? No gasoline. See that ax? Get a swinging, son. You don't think Noah was a manly man when no one helped him but his kids, his three sons? And you know what he built? I don't know if you've ever been there. If you've ever been to the Ark Encounter, I think we have a picture of it. I wanna show you this picture here. So here's a picture of the Ark, it's crazy. Is this amazing? Is it amazing when you look at this and you see how big this boat is? And now I know today they have bigger boats and stuff like that. But he tells him, he says, I want you to build a 450 feet long, I want it to be 75 feet wide, and I want it to be 45 feet tall. Now I want you to know this, this is all the way back in the beginning. We can argue how many thousands of years ago it was, that's fine. But this is what God told him to build. And you know what's so fascinating about this? Do you know that today, that modern oil tankers build their boats on the exact same ratio that Noah built his ark because it's the exact ratio that can withstand any storm with a long boat in the ocean? 
They build it today based on what God told Noah to do. Is that not fascinating? How long do you think it take to build that boat? A long time. And he says, I'm gonna obey you fully. You tell me to do it, I'm gonna do it. God, wait a second, wait a second. There's no water, no bar. I've never seen it rain before. And how in the world am I gonna do this? See that ax, son? Get to chopping. I'm gonna show you how to put tar inside of it, waterproof it, how to make it, and I'm gonna give you the details of exactly how to build it to survive what's coming your way. And you know what crazy thing is? Noah obey God fully, even when it seems stupid. Crazy, God, that's crazy, that's crazy. Why would I go, why? And I wanna ask you the same question. Are you obeying God fully? Is there something God's asked you to do that you have not done? Has he asked you to invite your friend to church, but you won't invite him because you're embarrassed about it? Has he asked you to stand up for, firm for your faith at work, but you won't because you're scared? And I'm not saying we do this in meanness. I'm talking about in love. We read that first verse, right? Be men, be strong, be courageous, but do it in love. Has he asked you to go bless that family, be generous to a family, help someone out, but you have not done it? What is it that he's asked you to do? Go back to school, start your own business, step out by faith, move to that city, change jobs, change location. What does he ask you that you need to obey completely? And those are just big things. What about the basics? Is there somebody in your life who's hurt you, sir, and you still carry a grudge if you've not forgiven them? Because God's word commands you to forgive them. Have you obeyed God fully? To love the people who've wronged you. Are you obeying God fully? Do you see this? We sit there and go, well, man, I showed up for church, and man, I don't, I'm not a bad person. Yeah, I mess up every now and then, but man, I'm not like a, wait, wait, wait. Are we obeying God fully? Keeping his commands. Just to love people, bless people, forgive people. What has God asked you to do that you've not done yet? The Bible said Noah did exactly, in verse 22, everything that God commanded. And then here's the last, here's the last verse, or the last question. Do I trust him completely? Do I really trust God? Do I trust him with my life? Do I trust him with my career? Do I trust him with my family? Do I trust him with my finances? Do I trust him with my health? Like, do I truly trust God completely? Do I really think God has this all figured out? Do I really believe that he knows better than me? Do I really fully trust him completely? Now, I want you to think about this for a moment. Noah goes down and sits down with his, you know, family. Hey guys, uh, I heard this voice talk to me. Say his name is Yahweh. He said he's gonna destroy the earth. So it's up to us to build a boat. And here's how big the boat's gonna be. It's gonna be 450 feet long. It's gonna be 75 feet wide. It's gonna be 45 feet tall. We're gonna go after the build the boat. We're gonna go find two pairs of animals, boy and girl. We're gonna put them on the boat. We're gonna take care of them. How long are we gonna be on the boat? I have no clue. How long will it take to finish the boat? I have no idea. How God gonna destroy? He says he's gonna make it rain. What's rain, Dad? No clue. 
who's in with me. And you know what the crazy thing is? Noah's family believed him. It went like, Dad, you fell off your rocker. Dad, what's wrong with you? You're crazy, man. What do you mean you're hearing voices? Imagine his wife. How do you want to dedicate your life? You're 500 years old to build a boat? Are you a builder? I don't know, but he gave me a manuscript. Here, here it is. He said, here's the, here's, follow the instructions. Here's the instructions. Here's how we're going to do it. I could imagine his son said, okay, let's go. And they got excited about it, right? And they said, man, this is fun. And chopping down a tree. I've always wanted to build something as a kid. This is awesome. And all right, build them. That's just 10 years into it. Hey, Dad, when's that rain coming? I don't know, son. Just keep building. 30 years into it. Hey, Dad, you're getting old, man. Where's that rain you talked about? Has that voice said anything else to you? No, son. 50 years. Dad, when are we ever gonna get done with this? We've not even started rounding up the animals yet. How are we gonna do that? I don't know, son. We'll figure it out when we get there. And scholars believe somewhere between 70 and 100 years based on the ages of the kid in the text to when God told Noah and he started it. We don't know exactly, but somewhere as little as 70, probably as much as 100 to build the boat. He trusted God completely even when he didn't see any results yet. And I just wonder for us as God, as we think about it, do we fully trust God when He hasn't showed up yet, when the blessing hasn't come yet, when the rain hasn't come yet? All this hard work, all this labor, everything I've done to provide for my family, everything I've done to sacrifice and sacrifice and sacrifice, all the hard work, the calluses, the hard back, the, the aching joints, He's no different than you. And that what we know of never heard the voice of God again until it was time. Would you have trusted him completely? Even when you did not see the results? And you know what the crazy thing is? If you fast forward all the way to Hebrews chapter 11, there are all these men and women of God who made the hall of fame of faith who all messed up and blew it. But they all did something great for God. They were not perfect. Go read the list. They were not perfect. But they did something great for God. And all the way right there on the Hall of Fame list, and even though Noah, Noah messed up at the end, do you know what it says about him in Hebrews chapter 11? I'm gonna read it to you. Verse six. It's impossible to please God without faith. Anyone who wants to come to him must believe that God exists and that he rewards those who sincerely seek him. I wonder, is the author of Hebrew, who we believe is inspired by God, who penned that, said, anyone who wants to come to him must believe that he, God exists and rewards him. Noah's like, I heard a voice. 
God spoke to me. What did he look like? I don't know. Verse seven, and it was by faith that Noah built a large boat to save his family from the flood. He obeyed God who warned him about the things that had never happened before. And by his faith, Noah condemned the rest of the world and he received the righteousness that comes by faith. So we know at the end here, Noah makes it to the hall of fame of faith. And so here's my question. With all the wickedness that's happening today, and it is wicked, oh man, it's so bad. So much confusion. Everyone's confused. And I know the Bible, once you know, it says that Satan is the author of confusion. If God would start over today, would he pick you? Could he find favor with you because you are righteous and you are blameless? and you're walking with him. What do you say? Okay, I'm gonna start with you. And here's the, here's the good news. Today you can start that journey to get right before God and begin, no matter what's happened in your past, begin to leave blameless before people. I'm gonna ask you to bow your head. Here's what I wanna do real quickly. I'm gonna ask all the men in Ashland and here I want all the men to stand up for me. I want all the men. Boys, stand up. I want all the men to stand up. Because I'm going to pray for you. In fact, I want, I, let's do something. Let's encourage it. I want to, can all the ladies in the house, can we just cheer for all the men in the house? Come on, let's cheer for them. Come on. Let's go. Let's go. I know a lot of times we don't get cheered on. It's okay, guys. I know a lot of times you try to hold stuff back. It's okay to be emotional. But I want, to, I want you to know that you've come to a place where we're gonna encourage you, uplift you. We're not here to beat you up. No one of us here. We're here, we're together. The first verse we read, if you remember, it says, to be strong and courageous, it says, act like men. Do you know that's plural? Because we can't do this alone. And there's so many of you guys who are standing up right now, you're trying to do life alone. You're trying to figure this out alone. You don't have to be alone. You don't have to go out this by yourself. You've got guys here who love you, who want to be your friend, and who want to help you succeed in every way you can in life. So let's do this together. So I'm gonna pray for you. God, thank you so much for every man that's standing up. God, thank you so much that you brought them here this morning. And I pray today that, yes, Holy Spirit, you may have spoke to them and you may have pricked their heart in the area of their life that they need to either confess, repent, or work through. But my prayer this morning, Holy Spirit, is not only that you would convict us and convince us, but you will fill us, that you will encourage us, that you will surround us, that you will lift us up, that you would give us the confidence, the courage, the strength to lead our families, to walk closely with our Heavenly Father. And I pray that the cheers that they just heard would ring loud in their hearts, knowing God that you are cheering them on. 
that just like Noah, that you have a purpose and plan for their life and you wanna use them greatly. No matter what happened in their past, no matter what their experience has been, today is a new day and we're asking God that you will raise up a generation of men who will walk with you, who will love you and God, who will be used by you. I can't wait to see what you're gonna do in our lives. We love you, Jesus. It's your name we ask and we pray. And everybody said, come on, amen, amen. Thank you, guys.